This episode of the On The Radar Podcast is brought to you by Laser Light Recording Studio in Waterville, Ohio. The world is calling. Pick it up. great episode of the on the radar podcast this is a podcast that features music artists uh mu- and interviews and studio performances and what else we do here on the podcast for max coming to through and from the greater midwestern areas my name is peapod i am back at home again with you know what's going on it's 2020 i don't need to explain it what's going on but i'm very excited um it's really fun to connect with somebody especially when using social media for good and I connected with this wonderful woman and her music. Her name is Sharice Cosentino. There we go. I knew I was going <laughs> to fuck it. it up. I knew I was going to fuck it up. I knew it. As soon as I started saying it, I'm like, oh, no. Anyway, she goes under the easier name to pronounce. Uh, the project called Nihilus Abyss. Sharice, how are you? How are things? I'm great. I'm doing all right. How are you doing? Good, good. It's uh, not too bad. Uh, uh uh, you know, it's just another day in quarantine. We were we were talking just before we started that uh, you were saying that like how everything's going on, everything being canceled is not necessarily the worst thing in the world when it comes to indie artists. Yeah, I mean, um, so obviously nobody is touring right now. Um, I've noticed like a handful of smaller Chicago bands like doing like a DIY sort of like gig situation, but like whatever. But I don't know, I almost feel like because nobody's touring right now and everything is so focused on being online um, that it almost levels the playing field in its own strange way um, because just nobody is making money, majors and indies alike. It's nobody is making any money because nobody is touring unless they're selling like a ton of merch. Um, so I think in a way it's almost really interesting to see how indie artists and major artists are going to kind of come out of this and see if it changes anything in the long run. And really, and when it comes to everything that's going on, the artists that are still are doing some kind of touring, they're basically being shamed by the internet anyway. I mean, we talk about in North, uh, uh, or it's not North Dakota, but South Dakota, the motorcycle rally Sturgis has bands playing and crowds and everything, but all the people that are attending them are not really caring about what is going on anyway. So it really doesn't matter. Yeah, and what was it Smash Mouth just did? Was it Smash Mouth that just Smash did? Mouth and Trap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cringe City. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be in that crowd. No, no. I wouldn't want to be in that crowd, even if it wasn't a pandemic. So Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so let's talk about you, because obviously this is what we're doing here. We're talking about you and your music. Um, kind of give us a background of yours. If I saw correctly... You are actually come from a classical background when it comes to your music. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, like I just, I got into music really early on. Um, my dad was a guitarist and he loved classic rock. Um, 
So I kind of grew up with him just playing guitar, um, jamming out to like Fleetwood Mac and like the Eagles and Led Zeppelin, um, like all from an early age. So like as soon as I could like, um, I mean, my parents didn't have much money, so I never had money for like piano lessons or anything, but I was gifted like a small like 61 key Casio keyboard when I was probably like 10 or 11. And like from the minute I got my hands on that, I was like, okay, I know exactly what I'm doing and I'm figuring this out. Um, I, I played flute starting in fifth grade band and then voice lessons through high school and then like went to music school very briefly um, before dropping out because I realized that partying was a lot more fun than school. So, <laughs> I mean, hey, you know, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yes, there was lots of, uh, there was classical piano and vocal technique um, in college. And then even like this past year, last year before the pandemic, I was like, you know what, I should really get back into like professional piano lessons because like, what am I missing out on right now? I haven't played professionally in like, I haven't played classical in so long. There's got to be something wrong with my technique at the moment. So, you know, I was doing that before the pandemic hit as well. So that is that. Um, just kind of like using that to kind of build off of into doing something a lot less classical. Right. And this is almost like the antithesis of uh, what classical is. You know, it's all this, you know, this dark, this expressionative, this, uh, you know, going into electronica, uh, electronica, maybe a little dabble in some synth waves. It's like all of these feelings and whatnot with classical is very like almost sometimes can be structured. But I've learned recently that, you know, classical has its ebbs and flows as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what 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 is then what sparked you with Nihilus Abyss? Like why the name? Why the feelings on this? Like where are the, where's the headspace between going from classical and then partying and then going back to classical <laughs> and then writing the music you do now? Well, I mean, I think I was always like the weird like misunderstood goth kid like through middle and high school to begin with. Um then I went through like a folk music phase as well and like there's a really embarrassing, probably somewhere on the internet. I don't, I've tried looking it up and then all the links are dead. There's a really embarrassing folk music project in the depths of the internet from when I was like 17 and 18 out there. Um, but like having that always like weird, like misunderstood goth kid kind of like listening to Nine Inch Nails and like nobody at my school loves Bjork, but I'm doing it anyways. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It all just kind of like came together and um, my, I don't, everybody's personal lives are just like so weird and mine's no exception where I've experienced so much through my twenties. Um, so pulling all of that like darkness and angst out has been so much fun, um, in a way to like express my emotions and kind of get that all out in a way that also other people seem to enjoy it. So that's fun. It's not a phase, mom. It's not a phase. <laughs> Let me shop at Hot Topic again. Oh um, God! Oh my God! No, I was the worst small goth as a teenager. <laughs> I went through I went through a mall goth phase uh, yeah. in, in in high school. I uh, I you know I was just I was just that kid until about senior year of high school. I was just like the just the bullied kid and the nerd, and then I just like found my own my own group of people, and then it just kind of spiraled into this loud bald man that I am today. So uh, that's that's what's been uh, going on. So I I feel it. I get it. I For understand sure. that. Um, yeah. So the idea then of Nihilus Abyss, when, when did you decide, like, when was the idea of just like, I'm going to write a song. I'm going to do 
music? I mean, obviously you talked about being inspired at a young age, but like, where was the moment I'm like, I'm going to take all these feelings and I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to put an idea out in the world. Yeah. I mean, so like, I, so to give you some perspective, my dad, my dad died when I was a teenager. And immediately after that, I like sat at the piano in my living room and just like wrote this like 10 minute long, like Joanna Newsom esque um, saga of music. And I was like, Oh, this is a really great way to like deal with things. Um, so I did almost this like, just like singer songwriter, kind of like freak folk. Um, I was like super into Joanna Newsom for a time. I'm not sure if you know who that is. You probably no think. idea. Nope. Oh, okay. Um, so she's like, um, she sings with an interesting voice and also plays the harp. Um, oh. yeah, it's interesting. I don't think she's doing anything anymore, but I got very into her for a hot second. Um, and that's kind of where I was like, I should write music. I should just write it. And I did. Um, through college, through my early 20s. Um, and then, you know, like life just kind of happens and you get busy. I've got a seven-year-old daughter. Um, so there was a lot of, a lot of momming that happened. Right. Then I went through a bunch of crazy stuff in my personal life. And in about like 2016, 2017 is when I picked it back up. And I was like, okay, I need an outlet that is not, uh, I don't know, drinking until 5 a.m. anymore. I can't do that. So let's find another outlet. Um, so that's when Nihilist Abyss started happening and I had no music technology. So it's actually, um, writing everything on GarageBand on my phone. Um, and like singing into the, the mic that was attached to like the, the headphones. The headphones, yeah. Yeah. And I like, I was like, I mean, looking back, they're like terrible, terrible demos, but like the ideas were still really solid. Um, and then I just kind of built on that and like, was like, okay. I love doing this more electronic route. So let's keep pushing this. How far can I go? Um, so bought a MacBook, Logic Pro, and just started like taking time and like devoting energy into that. Um, and you had earlier asked about like the name Nihilist Abyss. Yeah. Um, so uh, are you familiar with the band Metric? Yes. Yes. So Emily Haynes has a solo project called Emily Haynes and the Soft Skeleton. Um, and one of her songs is called Nihilist Abyss. Um, first of all, I just thought that was a really cool name to begin with. Um, but also uh, there's a metric song where there's a lyric, there's a line that says like, have I ever really helped anybody but myself believe in the power of song, believe in the power of girls? So like taking that and like also borrowing a song title was like, yes, Emily, <laughs> you did. Here I am. So that's where the name came from. I like that. I like that. I, I was expecting, I, I guess, strangely darker undertones with everything. I mean, you know, you don't have to go into grave detail about it, but, you know, struggling throughout, you know, with a parent's death at early age and then having a child as well, the, you know, the ins and outs of all of that. And I know, especially during this time, I couldn't even imagine how you're feeling, especially with, with having a child during a, a grave pandemic and talks of school returning and things like that. Oh, yeah. Absolutely terrifying because it's, it's nuts because you don't know what's going to go on the next day and, you know, different states and different cities are in different levels and it's just, it's just a madhouse. Yeah. So, um, it's been really crazy and it's school's going to be all remote learning and, uh, you know, like I am nowhere near a point in my career where I'm making a ton of money off of music. So like, you know, I've got like a, like a normie job 
and like a two bedroom apartment. So like during this pandemic, it's just been like so hard to be creative as well because there's just so little space. Like I'm in, you see, I'm in my bedroom here. Right. Right. <laughs> so, and, and I, and I, and I talked about that earlier when this first all hit, I'm just like, maybe this is the opportunity to, you know, create and take advantage of the downtime of everything. I mean, you're, you can't do anything. You do creative, but now I'm thinking that I might need to go back and reevaluate my statements in the beginning of this because now we're in, I don't know. I think this heavy talks in the United States started back in like March or so. Uh, so we're in August at the time of this recording. So like, you know, uh, March, April, May, June, July, August. I know math sit around six months or so now of mm-hmm. all of this with no end in sight, with no plan in sight, with, you know, ridiculous people in charge of things, you know, it's okay to not do anything. Um, and I felt, I felt like that at times. Yeah. I was like really struggling with that. I think for a long time, um, where it's like, Oh my God, I have all this downtime and like, I'm feeling so uninspired and I have like, I I have downtime, but at the same time, it's not quality enough downtime to like really like sit and lock myself in the room and like turn the mic on, hook it up to the computer and just like figure like music out. Um, so it's been so crazy. There was like a lot of guilt, I think at the start, but I'm, I'm pretty over that now. And like, I think just because we're all so used to it, I think I'm in a better headspace where like started to write again. I've got like three or four new songs, like cooking up in the background. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of guilt, I think at first. And I think, everybody handled the pandemic much differently than others. Yes. And it's, and they're still handling it much differently than others. Um, It's not, it's not an easy thing to what's going on. It's just, and I'm just like mentally and emotionally exhausted from it all. I mean, I'm very happy that, you know, I, I was still employed with, you know, plus or minus a couple of quick changes, but nothing too drastic. I kept going. My wife on the other hand had, you know, more problems of her own, uh, with her with her job and everything, and it's still crazy out there. You know, you never know what's going to go on, and you know, when whenever our governor or the powers that be change the rules and everything, it's 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 infuriating, it's frustrating. But I'm seeing though people are still making the best of it, at, at, whether it's little moves or you know it's big moves, like you know us going from, you know, talking with studios and everything to doing something like this. And, uh, but it's also given us the opportunity to talk to people that we don't know when we were going to be able to talk about or discover people that we never knew thought we'd discovered, you know, just discovering you and just you, you know, following us on social media, on Instagram during our broken robots episode yeah. uh, from Chicago. And I'm just like, Oh, who's this? And I always check and see what's going on and looking for future talks and guests and everything. And I just, I was blown away by the music. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Of course. Let's dive into The goal is to, you know, like affect other people with it. It's like partially about getting my feelings out and being like, I have all of this emotion. Let's get it out and be like a little emo girl still. Um, but also like, you know, it's got to move other people too. So that's always the goal. I too am a little emo girl at times. So it's okay. I get it. Good <laughs> people. <laughs> um, let's dive into uh, the music, everything. The first song, Dark Days. Uh, mm-hmm. You came out uh, late 2019, and then this year, two songs, Mother Winter and Less Than. Uh, yep. Personal favorite of mine is Less Than. I really, I really dug it. Uh, but the one we'll, we'll go to a world premiere on this episode of the podcast, the time of the recording, it's called Necromancy. We'll, we'll dive into that in a moment. 
tell me about a little bit about the writings and the feelings behind the three songs you've put out so far. Yeah, um, I have, I think, struggled most of my life with mental illness of some form. Um, there's a lot of it that has hereditary, um, has a hereditary basis. Um, and it just like, it really reached a peak a few years ago. Um, so like Dark Days, for example, is like, you know, like every, maybe you haven't, but like, you know, people, you get in this like headspace where you're like so depressed, where you feel like you can't like do anything anymore. Um, so that's kind of what Dark Days was about and kind of like me dealing with these feelings of like, oh my God, like another day and like, what is the point of all this? Um, Mother Winter had a lot to do with like seasonal affective disorder and like suicidal ideation. I think that's like pretty apparent in there. Um, yeah, I had this like weird moment like a few years back where I was like, well, if I just stepped in front of a bus, like it wouldn't be that big of a deal, would it? But obviously it would be, and I am nowhere near that anymore. So that's a great thing. Everybody needs a therapist, mm -hmm. as I have discovered. Um, so that's kind of the where those two songs came from. Um, in terms of less than, I don't have a great relationship with a lot of my family. Um, and like, there's always that person in your life who is going to treat you like you're less than, you know? Um, so that was kind of, uh, that was kind of where that song came from. I feel that family thing. Um, you know, uh, are, are you the, uh, do you have siblings? Are you the firstborn? Uh, uh, I, I am the youngest. I am the youngest. Here. Um, yeah, she, she and I are on like okay-ish terms, but like, um, you know, not all of my family, I'm not on okay terms with all of my family for one reason or the other, mm -hmm. um, kind of always been the black sheep. And I think that there's a huge political divide too now, which is affecting mm -hmm. things more now than ever. Um, which is so, so weird to like, let that happen. But life is so weird life is uh definitely weird and i feel the the black sheep of uh the family felt i'm the firstborn of four um uh while i struggled uh, you know uh socially and emotionally to things and ha you know had times with a hot temper uh, like my father you know my rest of my siblings were you know top of the class social butterflies you know always the coolest kids in the room and i never developed until later in life more of the personality that uh that i uh you know i've been associated with now um uh but that doesn't mean i don't struggle with my own problems as well i mean i i had like a terrible day just the other day of marking 11 years in the radio industry and just like just falling apart mentally and then the next day i was just like you know what we'll take it in stride and then like a lot of good things happen and learned about you know ratings and whatnot but trying to keep a level head during all of this is extremely difficult it's okay yeah. to not be okay really Ex yes exactly that is a good message to have and like broadcast for sure because i think a lot of people really don't understand that it's okay to not be okay and i think so many people also don't want to seek help and I, I know that i was like that for a long time too where i was like well it's my stuff i'll just deal with it myself but it's the biggest thing uh but i also i also fear in you know maybe you could share your thoughts since you're very you're very open you're very i guess confident in the feeling of just like i'm kind of fucked up but it's okay i'm yeah. working through it <laughs> um it, it's the idea that i and i've interacted with and, and and met with many people that you know they just kind of treat 
their mental issues as almost like a character trait of just like, I'm this person. I'm always going to be broken. This is who I am. But like, is it, is, is the mental health thing should be in the forefront and being honest with yourself and then you live through it? Or should it be something that you can take care of personally in private and only bring it up when it's only appropriate? Yeah, I mean, um, I feel like I almost used to be that person too, where like, so like full disclosure, um, I, I work in the restaurant industry. I serve tables. I've been doing it for almost like 10 years now. Um, so you meet so many interesting people and like, you don't have to be, you don't have to be normal in the restaurant industry, which is awesome. But I feel like I've always had like, a lot of people are like, oh, Sharice is like the Wednesday Adams of the restaurant talking about like using the guillotine on people and like, I don't know, just like the darkness becomes her sort of thing. Um, and I had terrible, terrible depression and I would just play it off as a joke and like, just be like, this is who I am. I'm just this like dark, like morbid, but like I do it funny, you right. know? Like, I'm going to make a funny joke about it. You don't make fun of me. I'll make fun of me. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I feel like I made that even my own personality trait for a really long time. Um, but, yeah, I don't – nobody should be struggling alone. Everybody, like, humans are an innately social species. So, like, I think what I've learned and I think that other people should learn too is that like you need help sometimes and it's okay. And like, you need to discuss that with other people, whether it's a professional or like a really, really good trusted friend. And if you don't have a friend, then a doctor, or, like, you know, just anybody. Cause I, I don't believe that anybody is in, in innately, like, just like, Oh, I'm just like dark and sad all the time kind of person without there probably being something else underlying. I know that's like a really broad generalization, but um, yeah. No, it makes, it makes sense. It's, it's that idea of just like, you know, there's a reason why we're acting this way. This is the reason why we're responding this way. It's, you know, it's a combination of like, you know, tra uh, you know, tragedy or, you know, struggles or even, you know, uh, chemical imbalance and everything. It's all like this, you know, weird cocktail of feelings and emotions and nature versus nurture type things. Something yeah. that it's way beyond my pay grade and what, to understand what's going on. So I'm just, I'm just here with, I'm just a guy with a vegetable nickname from Toledo, Ohio. And that's what I do. So yeah, and I'm definitely not like a psychiatrist or psychologist. So, no, you know, no, I only have my opinions on how it related to my own life. Exactly. And that's really what everybody's opinion uh, of anything is, is, you know, you can study the idea of it, but it's all from singular point of view and responding to what we have, uh, we, what we've dealt with on that situation at that time. Yes. Yes. So you, you were very welcoming enough and uh, very, and we're very honored to debut Necromancy, uh, your nearest song. Um, let's kind of dive into a little bit about it. The, give me the ideas. Like, what are we expecting from this song before people listen to it? You know, where, where are you taking this? Is this part of a bigger puzzle? G give us the lowdown on it. Yeah. Um, so Necromancy I think, is one of the oldest songs that I had written as like Nihilist Abyss. Um, and, uh, I, you know, like I, I'm 30 and my dad died when I was 17. So it's been some time, but I feel like, I mean, it's not just that he died, you know, like he had a really long struggle with cancer. 
Um, I was in the room holding his hand while he died. And like, when you're young, that affects you. And like, yeah. a lot of people think like, oh, 17, like you're only a year away from being an adult, but like, you're not fully formed. Your brain is not fully formed. So like those experiences are really formative still. Um, and I just think it really affected me in ways that I am still unprocessing to this day. Um, so necromancy is kind of like the feelings that I had a lot as, a, as an older teenager and as, you know, in my early twenties and even up till today where it's like, my God, like you went, you were too, you were too young. You were 51. Like, I want to bring you back. Like, this is so unfair. Um, and a cool fact about that song is that some of the lyrics um, were pulled from a journal that I wrote at around the same time that he passed away. Um, so th those are some like serious, actual like teen angst feelings in a lot of it.
So you're a musician. Your band's got the sound. You've written your own music. And now you need a studio to record it. Come to Laser Light Recording Studio, now open right here in town. Laser Light delivers the complete studio recording package for local musicians. High quality equipment, post processing, and mixing, plus a balanced range of musical instruments, amps, mics, and studio players for taking your dynamic sound to the next level, plus video ready capabilities. Toledo's Collaboration Station. The Laser Light Atmosphere is a uniquely designed space centered on capturing the art of your performance. The studio is modeled around an unassuming environment, delivering both freedom and fulfillment. The Laser Light Acres are the ideal setting to snap some photos for social media, playbills, and product releases. The world is calling. Pick it up. If you're a musician looking to record your music, come take a tour. Check out the vibe and book your session at Laser Light Recording Studio in Waterville. Call 567-246-0883. 567-246-0883. My grandfather was a, a big influence in my life, more more, more so than my own father. Um, and uh, he passed away. My grandfather passed away four years ago. Um, and, and it's still to this day, like it, it, it still shakes me up because like he took the same, I, I, I've taken like a lot of the same or similar paths he has. He was in the radio industry. I took on to the radio industry. You know, he was always, you know, the guy who was in, influenced heavily on music. I am the same way, you know, he could walk into a room and can, and you know, you can, you, you can control a room. I have developed that skill over time. I wasn't like that when I was growing up. Um, so I, I understand some of those feelings. And when he passed away, it was like, you know, something ripped away from me. Um, and just even the other day, I just, I, I hung up a, um, old, uh, cartoon that he gave me, I guess when I was like six months old. He, he like wrote on the back. It's like, you'll find this hilarious when you're, you're, when you're older. And I still had it in my, my, uh, office here. And then I was, you know, doing some cleaning and I found it and I just like broke down, you know, and, and, and while I was hanging it up and, you know, it was, it was, uh, it was not, so I, I can understand a lot of the feelings, but like the idea of like the cancer battle and everything. And, you know, unfortunately I have not experienced that in my life and I hope I never experienced that in my life. And it's unfortunate that someone, someone has experienced it, but that's a whole nother range of emotions and everything. So I think it's kind of healthy to get those feelings out in some way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's like so weird too, because like death is a part of like everyday life, you know, in some form or another, whether it's, you're literally like looking at the taco that you're eating for dinner, like death had to happen in some way for the taco that you're eating. So it's like, it almost always seems weird that like it affects you like people as much as it does, but like, it's, it's, I don't know, it's serious and definitely messes with your headspace in a way, even despite being like totally normal and natural and an everyday occurrence. Yeah, I get, I totally get it. It's, uh, it's very interesting. And it's funny to me, when you know the the ideals and like the discussions on social media and everything tend to go a little bit and like making fun of like what's going on in the world and like social issues and everything going towards more of a nihilistic attitude i mean it, it's like oh everything's fucked might as well make fun of it and just keep on going you know and and, and it's a it's a rough attitude it's a rough world to but it's an easy world to get sucked into yeah I mean, I feel like I definitely probably have some like real nihilist tendencies, you know, like at the end of the day, like we're all on this big round orb and like, yeah, obviously things matter, but sometimes, you know, things really just like don't matter. Like 
for the most part, like if you're not hurting anybody else, you know, do what you want. Um, and another reason I think I chose that for Nihilist Abyss is to kind of almost like in a way excuse myself if like maybe like the next EP cycle, I don't want to do something dark. Maybe I want to do like a pop EP, you know? So in a way it's like, well, nothing matters. Music is music. Let's do it. Um, so I haven't ruled that kind of stuff out yet. Saving it in my pocket for, to use as, a, as an excuse. I mean, and, and with, you know, you got, you know, four, you'll have four songs here, you know, that's technically could be an EP, but like, where is the direction? Where are you writing towards, uh, in some of the music, uh, that, that you said, you said you had stuff in the, in the, in the background right now, brewing up right now. Where's the direction you're taking all this? Yeah. I mean, I always have like 8 million directions and about a thousand unfinished songs on my like external hard drive that I should probably finish one day. And they're all different in their own ways. I think they all have that element of like heavy on the synths. Um, I think that for the most part, the piano is always going to make, um, for, in some way it's going to make an appearance um, simply because I, I feel it's such an expressive instrument. Um, and it's so easy to like, say what you want without using like words or language through that. Um, but, you know, I originally planned on doing a four track EP. Um, and then I realized, first of all, how expensive it is to really get your music professionally produced and mixed and mastered. Um, and I was like, okay, well, if I drop a four track EP, then like, that's it. Then I've got to like, wait and like pick and choose through the other songs that I have and like okay like which one should I work on which ones do I work on next and then there could be a big gap so like why not take the four and just space them out and I feel like so many other artists are going like that singles route anyways um where it's like all right well that'll work so um that's kind of where I've been with these four songs um I have been toying with the idea of an actual like four track EP, um, just like by myself, um, just piano and vocals. Um, like I feel like maybe like pads and just like atmospheric stuff, um, mm -hmm. but definitely like a lot more laid back and uh, reserved. I, Cause I feel like I have songs that are like not necessarily ballads, but they don't necessarily seem to fit in and like nestle in with all of the like big electronic, like aggressive um, stuff that I have out already. So I'm considering it. I have a note on my phone to eventually work on that. And I'm, I'm thinking it's going to happen in like, maybe like a surprise drop of that by like, I don't know, January or February. It's a consideration. I think I think that's a I think it's a tremendous idea. I think the 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 atmospheric idea of music and everything. But the the so the songs you've released they're all self done, right? You didn't go to or you recorded these all on your own, and then you you just take them to somebody for mixing mastering, or did you do that all on your own as well? Um, no, I unfortunately am not good enough at mixing all of those elements together myself okay. into something that sounds cohesive and like professional. Um, but basically, I like I go into Logic, um, you know, have like a melody and basic chord progression written out on the piano. And if it's not just a chord progression, it's something moving. It's like actually a real like thought out part. Um, 
And like, honestly, it's really boring because I'll just sit there going through the library, hitting like the same notes over and over, trying to find the perfect sound. And then I'm like, all right, yes, let's do that. That works. How do I mix it? You know, how do I fit that in? What can I do with it? Um, and you know, like a lot of times too, I will have ideas where I'm just like, okay, this is what I want it to sound like. I want like something gritty and like almost staticky on beats two and four. So like, I need something, where's that? And I'll, it'll take me hours to go through like the Logic Pro sound library until I find something. Um, and then I downloaded this like uh, splice synthesizer where you can just like do so much with it and like create your own sounds, which has been a super awesome uh, thing to do. So, but yeah, I write everything and then I will um, send it off. Uh, I, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the band Night Versus. I am. I love Night Versus. Great. So the guitarist, Nick DePiro, um, he mixes and masters my music for me. Um, at least the last, well, Mother Winter, Less Than, and now Necromancy, Dark Days was done with another producer. Um, but yes, I've been working with Nick a lot. Um, That's right so, as hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, he did all the guitars in Less Than. That song didn't have any guitar in it to begin with. And he was like, wait a minute, I just really hear this. And like, tell me what you think. I know you, you don't want guitars because, um, you know, you don't like the comparison that you get to Evanescence. So I know you don't like guitar in your music. Um, but just, just listen to this and see how you feel. And I was like, oh, no, that's got to stay. It's so good. Wow, that's awesome. That's yeah. and, and you know, I I, I love their the, I love the night versus stuff. I mean, I got hip to uh, uh their drummer Eric Importa from Oh my god, he's a Fever. D d that guy like I don't know how he does it. Like dude is creative as hell. And then like I got into uh, cuz I love Fever cuz I love I love I, I got into okay, so the, the backstory, I guess. I got into Jason Alon Butler from Let Live. Yeah. I got into Let Live late in their career, uh, and then I followed. You know, I I I was pissed that I, I didn't get to see them. I got them when like I got into them at at when they released If I Was the Devil, their final album, and then I followed Jason into Fever, and then I've seen Fever three times. Uh, and you know, I, I got obsessed with like, you know, uh, you know, I found out that Eric is in another band night versus, and then I did a deep dive into night versus right around the time that I was getting into like post related rock and, you know, post metal type music, uh, and a lot of those instrumental heavy music and then just seeing all that stuff. So that's, that's, that's awesome. That's, that's really cool. So I'm fanboying a little bit. So apologies. on. Oh, that. no worries. Uh, I I fangirled a little bit too. So I feel spoiled because, um, so my husband, um, was an audio engineer. Um, and he like toured with like the Vans Warped Tour for like a while. Um, so he's like, you know, he was on a first name basis, like, oh, I'll just text Nick for you. I'm sure Nick would be like, would love to work on this. He's always looking for projects. So I like, I feel spoiled because that's a connection that so many people don't have. And it was so coincidental just that like, I had that connection. Um, so it was like so weird where I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm texting Nick DePiro right now. Like, like I'm, I'm a little bit nerding out about this, but like play it cool, you know, just play it cool. Right. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, and then, uh, you know, I, my husband Matt also knows Jason Elon Butler as well from uh, from Let Live. Yeah. Uh, he did sound. Um, also Fever 3 through 3 is like totally like kicking ass right now. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh, they're like rocking things out. That's like a big, like top five 
of all time interviews that I would kill to have. It was like is is interviewing Jason Alon. It's like him and like Corey Taylor of Slipknot Stone uh-huh. Sour and Chris Number Two of Andy Flag. And uh, I think Greg Gaffin, and this is not in no order, by the way, Greg Gaffin of like Bad Religion. And then I think my number five, like it just flips around or whatever. But yeah, that's, that's good connection. That's huge connections. And that's the biggest thing about music. It's like, it's, 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 it's skill, but it's also who you know. And sometimes you just fall into those connections. Right. Because I don't think I would have ever gotten anything professionally done had, you know, Matt not spoken up and been like, I like, why don't you just like, ask me for help because I know a few people, you know? Right. So other than that, I was like perfectly content. I was like, yeah, I'm just like doing these things on GarageBand and they sound cool to me and I'll just throw them in my iTunes library. I'm like, "Mm, who cares? Um, He's like, no, no, send that off, get it done. So I'm very lucky to have had those connections. And I realize I'm very privileged to have those when so many people create music and they don't have those connections and their music might never see the light of day simply because they don't know who to push it off to. And that's the no. biggest thing, and that and that's what we try to do here on this podcast is just kind of just show, you know, not only you know, and I've spoken about it episodes before. If people have been following us since the first episode, first off, wow, thank you for doing so at, at eighty some episodes in. Uh, but also, you know, it, there's a sea of music out there, and it's so hard to try to get yourself out there. So you know, we we want to help you know shine the light on people, no matter how big or small. Or what they're doing, as long as it's something interesting moving the needle, you know, and who knows, who knows what you'll find out once you dive into the stuff. And that's what we, we try to do is give that platform and we're, we're just uh, amazed. Um, the, 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 the project now, since it's, it's just currently kind of a studio project, are, do you had plan? did you have plans or are you going to have plans to bring this out onto a live performance issue, uh, performance with this stuff? Yeah, I mean, like I had, like I, I, I really do have so much music written that is like finished, but like not done professionally. So like I, I was playing a few gigs um, here and there before the pandemic hit, um, you know, just like local, like who's gonna book me without like having any like serious like gigging repertoire. Chicago is so weird for that too, because like, we have so much music and it's either like all metal or all like jam bands for the most part. It's a very strange music scene happening here in Chicago right now. I can, I can oh, see that. Yeah. What's up? I can see that. Oh yeah. And it's like such a major city. Like I don't understand how there's not much more music, but there's isn't, it's very strange or there's a lot of hip hop. Um, and I don't fall into any of those categories. But also like, I think there's almost like a weird, like misogyny thing. Like, well, where do we fit this woman in on like a bill of all like dudes doing other things. So it's like weird. Um, but I was doing a few gigs. Um, I had a lot more plans to do more gigging this year. Um, I think touring is still far, far away also because I, I have so many personal responsibilities, you know, right. it definitely doesn't make that easy. Um, so, but you know, I like I was, I have an inbox full of like, Hey, like, you know, how does March 11th work for you? And then crickets, because all of a sudden, 
coronavirus. Yeah, everything uh, everything got shut down. It's uh, and but I, I'm glad to see that like there was ideas and everything of going out there. I think everybody at this point is just like chomping at the bit because like it's hard for me to ask him like what are the plans for the rest of the year when the year technically ended in March. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah. It's been so strange. It has yeah. really been so strange. It's like March 500th and six, six or whatever. It's not August, whatever. It's, you know, it's still March to me. It's just, it's that, it's that I, I made the joke of like, it's that middle ground between after Christmas and before new year's that you have no idea what's going on and what day of the week it is and everything. Um, yeah, every day is Blur's Day. Yeah, exactly. Every day is Blur's Day. And like, oh, okay. Like, oh, waking up. Is it the weekend? Does it yeah. matter anymore? Yeah. But I don't think it does. If I wasn't able to like work and like I was one of the very few people that still can go into my building and work from our studios and everything and then work from home if I needed to. If I didn't have to do that, I would be more of a mess because I, I, I'm kind of the guy who likes structure I mean, I can adapt here and there in the, in the, when the, when the cards fall down, but like, you know, I'm, I'm really kind of a structure kind of guy. So plans changing, right. Uh, you know, and you have no idea what direction going on. It, I, I freak out a little bit personally. So I'm kind of glad that I kind of still had the, I get to wake up, I shower, I get dressed, I make coffee, I go to work, I do my thing and I come home and things like that. Well, my wife was just like, I'm here working on blank projects. But my wife is super creative, and I'm always in awe of her or her work. So, you know, she cooks, she crochets, she arts. She'll do a project somewhere in the house, and all of a sudden it'll be finished, and it's great. And I and I'm just here, so <laughs> you know, it, it works out. I'm a little self-deprecating at times. Apologies, but you know, it's um, yeah. I'm always that's that's why I kind of did this podcast because I'm I'm super amazed by like the creative process of musicians. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, just pandemic times. I like for a while, instead of doing like gigging, I did like, I did a few like live streaming things. I was trying to like record things and like just put them on Instagram TV. Um, and then like, it's just so easy to let that stuff slide. And I, I need to really like pick it up and like get back into it. Cause you know, consistency is key, especially with social media. Cause as soon as you stop doing anything on social media immediately people forget who you are right uh, so it's weird um but i what i'm hoping is that like you know hopefully a vaccine next year um hopefully you know yeah i mean we're, we're not like you know we're not pulling a russia or anything anytime soon um yeah, you know, yeah i don't know uh. this is a like a i am legend situation <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, the hope is like, you know, I'm going to probably try to promote and market necromancy really, really heavily. Um, and just like sink a bunch of money into that on social media. Cause I find that I actually like a lot of my audience I find via doing like paid Instagram and Facebook ads, which like feels like so cheap. And it's like, I know that when I'm scrolling through Instagram, it's like, Oh, ads scroll past, scroll past. Um, but like I, I found like a decent amount of success and hopefully the idea is that if I can keep targeting Chicago and the surrounding suburbs, eventually there's like enough of a base that when things do start opening, like gigging is going to be like easy. And it's not just going to be like 10 of my friends getting drunk at the bar and like, you're doing great. You know, so uh, that's the hope. How'd that go again? 
uh, you're doing great. <laughs> I think it was something like that. <laughs> oh, you know, I, I, and, and, and paying for advertisement just to have your stuff shown. I, it's, uh, it's, it's hell on earth, but you know, when everybody, you're like, like selling out too. It does. I feel, I feel <laughs> like, kind of feel like a hooker. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm just like, uh, I'm just trying to get myself through, through, through podcasting so I can be something eventually. Please, just some... please click on my link and follow me and then listen on Apple music. A bunch, please. There's kids on YouTube that open toys that make more money than I do. Come on. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. There's an entire community of people who open Pokemon cards and make so much money from that. Are you familiar with that? Cause that's crazy. Uh, yeah, I want to, I, I can't wait when Ryan's toy review and that kid goes through puberty cause it's going to hit him like a brick. Mm. So I can't wait for that. Uh, but when I have, uh, when we have younger ones, cause in our family, we have, uh, uh, you know, lots of little ones, not in our personal family, but like my wife's family, uh, you know, they have, she comes from a big family with everybody's kids and everything. And all those kids come in and it's like, I want to watch YouTube. And they watch the silliest, stupidest shit that I don't get it. And I'm, and, and it makes me go into boomer status when it's, when I hear it, when I see it. So. Yeah, I feel like I'm not like super hip on all of like the crazy kid stuff on YouTube. I also feel like I'm like kind of the like the mean mom who's like, no, you can't watch YouTube. I don't know what you're watching. I don't like it. Um, Be the mean mom. Be the mean mom. Yeah, I, I don't mean to like keep bringing up like motherhood because this is like a music podcast. Well, you're a, you're a mom. You're a mom. It's part yeah. of you. Like it, 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 it's I not like gonna. Regardless of what this is, like we talk about everything, so it's not we 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 talk about motherhood, and it's 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 you. That is part of who you are. That develops who what you do. We get inside of your head about all, and we rattle around and see what 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 comes out. And and motherhood's a big thing, obviously. And raising a child during this time is a big important deal, um, you know. But be the be the mean mom. Trust yeah, me. Yeah, like, we have mom. like crazy like screen limits because like. Otherwise, she'll sit there for, like, hours, like, playing a video game or, like, watching, like, TV and her eyes will get big eventually. And, like, then you tell her to turn the TV off and it's, like, what? Yeah. You have to turn it off and it's, like, crazy. So I, I'm definitely, like, me mom. Like, we have to set, like, really strict, like, screen time, which it's almost, like, it, it's more hard on me than I think it is on her because I would love nothing more to, like, put her in front of a TV and be, like, this three hours mom's gonna do this and you're just fine right there so like I, it's so weird but like kids are so zombies about tv my wife says that that parenting is 95 percent distraction yeah i i would say so yeah mm -hmm. and it's, like, it's also parenting in a big city is also difficult like she's seven so she's definitely like getting older but she's not old enough to navigate a city like i don't know about you i don't know how old you are but like 34. Kid, 34. Okay, so like we're same age group. I don't know about you, but like when I was a kid, my mom opened the door in, in the morning and was like, go, come back for dinner, or if you have to pee. Mm -hmm. And like that was it. And I just like figured it out by myself. But like I'm in a major city that's like, it's so much more difficult. So it's, it is a lot about distraction. Otherwise, you know, you'll go crazy trying to like keep your kid like entertained. And like all of a sudden, you're not even yourself anymore because you're just mom. So. Yeah, I came I came from a more rural area. Uh, um, I'm not originally from Toledo, Ohio. I'm from Akron, Ohio, which is two and a half hours south um, east of here. 
Um, and, and Toledo's up by the Michigan, uh, Michigan border. So like, I, I came from more of a rural area. I came from like the firstborn. I came kind of from a mean mom, but like, I, I think my lucky stars I did, uh, because I see some of these kids or I see some of how other people are raising their kids. And I'm just like, mom, I don't know how you did it with four of us. Thank you for not screwing us up too much. So that's how I feel. <laughs> Like, I, and I'm just like, and, and I, and I went through a stage, I'm not going to go into it too much, but I went through a stage where I had to, I had to help parent a kid for a bit. And I, I struggled more than I should have to the point that I realized that I'm just like, you know what, maybe, maybe, the, maybe I'm not in a better headspace at this time, in this place in my life for kids, um, yeah. which is, which is fine. I feel like I get it now when people go. You know, I, I don't really want kids. And it's, and as long as you don't make it a, like a big deal or just like a huge stance of like waving the flag, like, fuck kids. No. Um, you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and uh, as long as you're not that, that person, I, you know, I respect it. When, you, when someone says, I, I don't think kids are in the question, I go, you know what? I respect that. I understand. I get it. For sure. Kids are hard, I, but you know. Never going to have another one after her. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, it's well, not easy. So. I know, I get it, I get it, I totally get it. But I think, I think, I commend you and your husband for raising her, and I, and I'm sure you you were doing your best to instill her into, you know, that's what I'm always amazed. Like, are just, are we just did an episode with with these kids who uh, uh, the previous episode a band called Filler out of Cleveland, and these kids are like not even in, like they're in their like first or even maybe you know third semester or so into college and they're all across the country and they are intelligent beyond their years. And I'm like, I have faith in the next generation because I know the previous, the previous generations did the best they could. And we are in that weird middle ground of like transitioning and evolution into some new ideals that now the next generation are, it's just going to be hopefully a breeze for them. Hopefully. Yeah, I have some cousins who are whatever X Y, where millennials are Y, and then so Z. Because I have a bunch of like Gen Z cousins. Gen Z, yeah, okay. Yeah, and like I see like the way like they are on TikTok and like the whole like like TikTok pranking Trump and stuff. If we can get political for a second, that's but, fine. We can. Uh, Let's go. You guys are great <laughs> because all of us millennials are like too depressed and into memes to do anything serious. Yeah. So come on, guys, you got this. Yeah, you guys, you guys get, we're, we're already fucked. We'll, we'll, we'll help open the door. You walk through it. So. Yeah. Right. We're, we're busy arguing with our parents. So like, please go. We've got, you know, we're distracting everybody else. Go do your thing. Yeah. Just go, go. We'll, we'll hold the door open. Go, 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 go do something. Go do something. <laughs> get out there and be somebody. Yeah. You know. We're like the, uh, you know, like if, if, if boomers are like giants about to step on you, we're like the people throwing rocks at the other side. Like, yep. oh, go that way. Go that way. Yeah. You know, X is like, all right, here we go. Or Z. Like, Let's go. We got to go. Let's go. Let's go. With the weird TikTok dance and the, the, and the, and the, and the Fortnites and whatever, and the flossing, whatever. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't, never figured that one out. I, I can, I could sort of do it, but like, I have to like super concentrate, but it took me a minute. But I'm not like, like physically coordinated person to begin with i so, i uh i can't dance when i dance it's like a fat kid with a bee in his pants so it's all right i just whatever i get, <laughs> get through i get through i'd be lying if i said i was any better than that so it's it's cool i respect that that's good 
Uh, so, so you got, so you got all the music, you got all the goals, you got all, all the stuff. So like, what, what, what are you excited for this year, taking yourself into 2021? If we can put a silver lining on Nihilus Abyss, what are you excited about? Well, um, like I said, this project has kind of been like burning in some form since about 2017. So it's been three years and like for a while of that, I just had like nothing to show for it. Um, so I, there's almost like a weird sense of validation now, like about to have like a fourth single out for like streaming where it's like, okay, okay, you know, like I can be like, maybe I'll be taken like a little bit more seriously now because it's not just like one or two songs that are hanging out there. Um, so the, the idea is to just keep going, um, release this fourth single necromancy, which I am super excited about. Um, probably most likely, but let's not let anybody down most likely going to do that like four track almost like acoustic like home produced um ep um which i briefly ran past fans on a live and i was like so if this isn't like super high quality are y'all gonna be into it and they're like yeah let's do it so i was like all right great perfect easy um so probably most likely definitely maybe gonna do that um and then i have a bunch of other like electronic songs that like are pretty much like finished to the point where I can finish them that now it's just about like all right let's let's save up some more money um you know as a person who works in an industry that is uh heavily influenced by what's going on in the outside world you know like I gotta I gotta save for those and like hope for the best essentially so would like to do this four track EP maybe January maybe February maybe December I don't know We'll see. It's going to be a surprise. I think I'm literally just going to Taylor Swift this and just be like, hey, guys, tonight at midnight, here it goes. Because um, it doesn't matter at this point, you know, like, whatever, who cares? That's nihilism. Um, and then uh, probably do, like, drop some singles probably, like, every other month or every, like, three months, however it works out over 2021. If there's a vaccine, that would be really awesome because I really enjoy being on stage. So I miss shows, to be honest. Yeah. I absolutely do. I mean, I wasn't going to many shows towards the, the beginning of this anyway, just because of work and life and whatnot. But I miss going to shows. I miss the idea of live music. I miss seeing people live. I miss just going out in public and not worrying about if I'm going to get a possibly deadly virus. Yeah, or being, like, really upset about other people who are not taking it seriously. Because I don't know about you, but I've been taking this super seriously this entire time. Like, hold up in my apartment. Like, binge-watching Netflix when I can. And just, like, being at home. And, like, then you go out and you're, like, I'm wearing my mask pretty much, like, all the time. And I see people and they're just, like, out, like, hanging out with their friends. Just, like, no mask city. It's, like, put it on. Just put it on. You're the reason why we can't get passes. Fuck, let's go. You're the reason that I can't be on stage. So can you just put the damn mask on? I, yeah, like my, uh, we, we pretty sure my wife had it earlier in the year before we even knew what was going on. My father had about with it and was tested positive and went through it and he's good now. Um, so like, I'm not, I'm not effing around with this. I'm really not. I don't, I, I want to be as safe as possible. And I, all I do is go, I go to work and I go home and there's barely anybody people in my work now. So like I go to work, I go home, occasionally I go to the store. And if I go into the store, I'm running through like supermarket sweep. I'm just getting in, getting out. 
Yeah. Did you did you panic buy at the beginning of this too? Yes. Like everybody else. A oh my god, bit. I have so many cans of beans that I have no idea what to do with because I never eat canned beans ever. They're just sitting in my pantry. Like now I'm a stupid wasteful American with all of this food I'm not eating because I don't even know what to do with it. Right. I uh I mean we panic bought a little bit. I know there was when there was talks about uh uh like a meat shortage, we went to like a local butcher shop and like got one of these like big boxes of like, you know, there's a bunch of these meats in here for like 150 bucks, and we're like well, you know, my wife's on that un extra unemployment. Let's let's just use do that. We have the money and everything, and we were actually very unfortunate. Like during the the heavier, uh, um, you know, weeks of all of this, that we we took that extra money. We actually, you know, took care of a lot of good things. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'll be honest. We we did buy some frivolous things, but we actually were very good with it as well. So, and now we're at this weird point where we're just like. Okay, well, it's kind of going back to quote unquote normal, and we're not at normal wallet wise. So, what's going on, kids? So, yeah, I, I don't know. And I don't know if you just saw like Senate's in recess now until September. And Why is it a recess? Why is it a recess I, until I, the end of the month? Yeah. Why? Uh, yeah. Girl, I don't know. I, mm, mm. That's yeah, it. I just, uh, yeah, well, I, I can't even, but, uh, Sharice, you, you've been an absolute pleasure to talk to. You're, you're extremely talented. You're extremely awesome. I commend you not only as an artist, but I commend you as a woman who is a mother who's trying her best during all of this. So you, you've absolutely blown uh, my mind on all of this and I wish you nothing but the, uh, the best of luck. Um, and if you ever come into this direction, please reach out to us and let's, let's get you a show here. Cause I know plenty of people who would love your stuff here. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that. And it's been awesome. Uh, thank you so much for the invite also to be on this. Cause of course, of course. Sometimes I'm like, Oh, I'm not going to reach out. So it's <laughs> that you did. thank you so much. Not a problem. I'm glad, I'm glad I wasn't too much of a creep when I slid into your DMs. So no, he slid my DMs in the best, least creepy way. That's, that's our goal. That's our goal. <laughs> if, if people want to get in touch with Nihilus Abyss, how do they do so? Um, I would say that I am most active on Instagram of all things. And like, if you send me a DM, I am going to read it no matter what. If I respond to it, sometimes that's another story, but I will definitely read it. Um, so Instagram, if you want to listen, um, Spotify, if you have Apple Music, that's awesome because Apple Music pays our artists better. Just saying. Um, got a few lyric videos on YouTube. Just search Nihilist Abyss and I will come up. And that is the way to do it. Excellent. Uh, yeah. And of course, you can follow this podcast on all the social media. It's at On The Radar PC. We're on all the major podcast platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, etc. cetera. Uh, leave us a review if you're able to. Subscribe, invite your friends. We are marching towards episode 100 and very excited to hopefully do some big things into the future uh, of this podcast and showing off some great artists like Sharice and all the other good, great men and women we do here. Uh, anything else you want to add? Uh, nope. Other than thanks for listening and thanks again for having me. Thanks for listening for another great episode of the On The Radar Podcast. Uh...